Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. And thank you once again for downloading and listening to or streaming another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. My name is Clive, and if you'll recall from last week, Ricky is not really able to come on for the next few weeks. What with him celebrating Ramadan, and when we record the podcast, it's usually when he's getting his feast on. So up until then, you're stuck with me. I did toy with the idea of company this week, um, but I've got a lot going on. I've had a, I have two, count them two, social engagements this weekend. Sorry, this midweek. I've got the lovely in-laws up as well, so it's just a bit too busy, and it suits me just to hammer this out in my own time. It's got to look after myself, you know. Not, I'm not going to um, get stressed about trying to get guests on and stuff like that when I can just get this up and done got quite a bit of good feedback last week with regards to the solo show I did, so hopefully you still enjoy this format so far. It won't last long though, fear not. I will have some guests on over the next couple of weeks. There will be a quiz episode dropping fairly soon, I believe. Next couple of weeks, we've still got some money in the bank, reviews and previews to do, but there will be a, a quiz episode dropping got some old guests coming on, maybe a new voice, we shall see. Apologies for not running this tight ship, but what can you do? There's still content. Uh, stuff like this, this different content gives us ideas for the future. Should, should such an instance of life getting in the way of people being unavailable arise? Plus, the biggest plus of all, of course, is Ricky's return will elicit a bigger pop than any pop someone like... CM Punk could muster if he, if his bitter scrawny wee self could come back to the wrestling business properly. So first point of business before we get into the meat of the matter is a public apology. And that apology is aimed towards keeping it strong style's very own Joshua Smith. Last week I said that Jeremy Donovan was the one to advance to the semi-finals of the Quiz Time Invitational. That was just pure plain wrong. I must have just got my J's mixed up out of the J&J security over at Keeping It Strong Style. I can reconfirm that it is Joshua who advances to the semi-finals, so apologies to you, Josh, and apologies, Jeremy, for possibly getting your hopes up and confusing you. So there's a fact correction and an apology for you, so there you go. So, Money in the Bank 2019 is this Sunday. 
on paper it's looking like a, a pretty decent card both the men's world title matches are ones I'm really looking forward to for different reasons but I will touch on them later but before we get into all that <clears throat> let's have a, a quick recap of what I consider the main talking points of telly in the last week or so first of all Bray Wyatt looking like a, a cross between David Bowie and Slipknot's Corey Taylor with that horrendous mask that he debuted in his Firefly Funhouse segment on Raw this week for anyone who thinks WWE don't do long term storytelling then don't hit me with that because you can see here okay it might not happen for every single wrestler it might not happen for every single programme they've got going on but this has been brewing for a couple of months now ever since we saw that buzzard the buzzard's head come out of the box it was it must have been a couple of months and it has sort of culminated in what we basically knew really was that Bray Wyatt was still a nut job a psychopath like but this time he's went all the way dark this wasn't just hinting at it with cryptic promos he went all the way and I think what we've seen so far has been excellent and really for the first time I'm going to take out of the equation my worries with regards to Bray Wyatt getting the spotlight he deserves or some sort of main event push I'll just accept what we have and I'm really looking forward to seeing what Bray brings to the product going forward as we approach the summertime. Who will he feud with? Will he bring, again, people into under his wing? We'll see what happens there. I'm really excited about it, and it was that's one of those segments that you don't want your kids to see, definitely. The other thing, I think the biggest talking point we've had over the last couple of weeks, especially, has been this wildcard rule, where Vince decided... Okay, when he was basically interrupted by God knows how many people, AJ, Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns, they all had something to say and Vince thought, okay, I'll just make it official that we'll have a wild card rule where three people from SmackDown can come to Raw and vice versa. This got a lot of heat last week online. A lot of people were just simply not happy with it and it was dubbed, this has been dubbed the worst one of the worst decisions that WWE have done. Uh, I saw people saying it was the worst draw they've ever seen. Right, we all know that's just a bit of an overreaction. Uh, that's some recency unbiased there, if that is even a term. It works for me. At the end of the day, I've just told myself that the brand split doesn't exist anymore. We're going to see wrestlers on each different show. It will keep things fresh. There'll be music that hits that we're not weren't aware that they were going to be on. Sometimes these wrestlers are announced in advance, sometimes they're not. I think that keeps things exciting. It helps it helps certain storylines advance at a quicker pace rather than just waiting week by week. Um, and with the likes of Money in the Bank fast approaching, you only had two weeks worth of wildcard rule affiliated episodes to work with and it, it has bolted a couple of the matches. So I think it works in that sense. But again, I don't think the brand split exists. Well, they might say it. They might mention this wrestler's on this show. I don't care. I mean, this is it's not. It's never more apparent than with this latest addition to Money in the Bank. We've got the Usos versus the Planeteers, um, the Eco Warriors, Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan, or Rowan. This match, I think it's a 
dark, not a dark match, the, the pre-show match. Really, what is the point? The, the Usos are taking advantage of this wildcard rule by challenging for titles that they, of shows that belong to shows that they're not even a part of. When you've got the likes of Heavy Machinery, I can't remember off the top of my head what other tag teams are on SmackDown. It seems to have been skited quite heavily with regards to their tag teams. But I, it's just the brand split doesn't exist for me. Let stories take their national course. But there is a, I would say, quite a negative, and it's one that I've been harping on about for quite some time, that this roster is huge. It has reached breaking point. There are rumours uh, of wrestlers being unhappy with their lot, rumours of wrestlers wanting to leave, Rum- official things of wrestlers wanting to leave, and see those who have struggled for a spot up until now, well, God help them if they think they're in with a chance, because you'll need you'll need super glue lathered all over your hands if you're going to try and grab that brass ring. It's going to be... If there is going to be any kind of unification, which I'm unsure if there will be, it's just going to be a lot harder. The biggest problem for me is not creative. It's the fact that creative have too many people to write stories for, and it is basically it's something that can't be done. It's too much hard work. So the cull, I'm still advocating for the cull of a lot of the roster. Send them back to the NXTs over to 205, or just get rid of them. Just do a, a good old-fashioned Future Endeavours session. It's a, It might be harsh, but if there are people that want to leave, let them go first. Screw how much of a draw they are. Screw the long-term storylines that people seem to have for wrestlers that aren't let go. Just get shot of them. I can think of a few off the top of my head, but I'm going to keep this to a nice short episode again this week, so we'll move on. So fan, fan outrage aside... Again, this episode is brought to you by our good friends, Pepsi Max. Fan outrage aside, this whole um, wildcard brand split and Jeopardy thing ties together a wee bit with both Shame and Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I don't know if anyone noticed, but Vince last week said he had a big announcement he was going to make and he was interrupted by the likes of Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins and the likes. And that's when it came to him that he was going to do the wildcard thing. I was joking with some friends. It would, have been, it would have been funny if he actually did think of that on air as it happened. The way um, decisions change so quickly in WWE, would you be surprised? Because I wouldn't. But it would... It would tie into what I've been thinking about Vince recently. Uh, Shane as well said last week he had a big announcement to make with regards to the Money in the Bank um, matches. This was last week. I don't think anything was said this week to my recollection, but Shane was attacked by The Miz and it kind of it left it hanging as if there was going to be some more information with regards to the future plans of WWE. Whether they actually do have plans, that's another matter because we know that they failed to pull the trigger on things that they've locked and loaded regularly over the last few years. But there could be something that Vince and Shane and the likes do have planned going forward. We'll just need to see what happens with that. The thing about it that makes me think that 
Rollins, Seth Rollins and AJ last week were both unhappy about it, bringing Vince's decision making in general <coughs> into this dispute. And then over the last couple of weeks, we've just seen everyone just do what they damn well pleased in regards to the wildcard rule. Vince had to change three people to four people mid-show last week. I think we've already seen how um, how untenable this all is. Is this the start? I mean, I noticed that Vince was bumbling a lot through his promo last week. He is getting old, fair enough. But is this the start of Vince losing control on screen? Are they actually going to play into this whole Vince's senile nonsense that we've had? Roman Reigns called him out for his BS last week. Is Roman the, going to be the one, the hero to bring down the authority again? Because the authority have been brought down many a time. So that's something to think about. Keep an eye out for any red herrings or some Easter eggs with regards to Vince and Shane going forward as as Vince's control loosening over time. We shall see. With that, that brings me to... I have already touched on the Usos and Daniel Bryan-Eric Rowan match. It came out of nowhere. I haven't got much to add to it. I don't think the titles will change hands with this one. So I'm just going to stick with Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan retaining. But moving on to the, the first couple of matches, main matches, the ones that have Shane McMahon's uh, hands, his coke-stained hands all over them, you have Roman Reigns versus Elias and Shane versus Miz. So I'm just going to go with a double whammy for these ones because it has been one overarching story between the four of them. And then you're bringing Robert Lashley into the, the fold as well. I'm I'm enjoying Roman Reigns right now. I have to say, I mean, I think there is this feeling that he's just battled cancer. He doesn't give a shit about the politics of WWE. I'm coming to do what I want. I'm going to run my mouth, trash talk whoever's in my way, and bump some fists along the way as well. And I think this is a, my favourite kind of Roman Reigns, not the one who's sulking and trying to overcome the odds, just someone who doesn't give a toss and gets on with it I've, I've enjoyed his return basically you've also got Elias, his opponent he plays the dick who is cozying up to those in power I'm sure I said probably over a year ago round about the time when Elias was starting to rub shoulders with the likes of Finn Balor upon his main roster call up I think Elias does exactly as he is told by management you could call him a robot, you could call him a yes man, call him what you want, but Elias basically, I think, does what he's told. And here we are. He's had the rubs against Jeff Jarrett, Undertaker, John Cena. I'm not a fan of these kind of rubs. I don't see what they actually do, apart from spike YouTube views. Um, but this is Elias's, This is a big, big match for him in terms of that quote-unquote rub. I do think Roman Reigns will be in arse-kicking mode. Some furniture will be involved. Some guitars will be involved. But I think this will actually be quite a high-energy match. Elias gets a lot of um, stick for his wrestling. He doesn't get to wrestle much, so I don't. I think he's really untested when it comes to having a big-time match with someone. We could see that on Sunday, but I do see a Roman Reigns win keeping his undefeated streak for over 300 days going. That was a poor start that WWE put out, considering the circumstances. Next up, 
is uh, Shane McMahon versus Mike the Miz Mizanin. <sighs> couldn't I couldn't care less. I just can't. I, I've said many times now the reason for the Miz's face turn where all of a sudden his dad professed his love for his son despite the great career and marriage and children that he already has he decides that he now loves Miz because he's teamed up with Shane McMahon oh bad bad there was nothing wrong with the Miz before all this happened we have now a a relatable Miz uh, air quotes there personally I think this relatable Miz came at the expense of a much more interesting Miz and I'm guessing you'll see once Shane's away that, uh, that once Miz is away from this heat magnet that Shane McMahon is I think you'll see it as a bad idea especially if he's going to be going into programmes against Bobby Lashley where there's just nothing nothing interesting going forward with that one so just get this done get Miz the victory and move on because wow I can't believe this is still going on after WrestleMania again you can't say there's not long term storytelling it's just a case of that you don't like them and for this this one in particular I don't like it at all at all that'll be the the fast forward button will be smashed to pieces with that one I think a couple of title matches which are there for the sake of filling up the card which arguably doesn't really need filling up it's already very busy You've got Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio's son, who looks like Walter, Samoa Joe himself, maskless Rey Mysterio. Um, so, once again, Rey's um, father, truth as a father, is coming into disrespute again. <coughs> not that interested in it, though. Um, it's alright, it's not over as far as I'm aware I think this thing with Dominic Dominic Mysterio, the Las Vegas magician, it's not over so with that in mind I think Ray will win this one and the US title will change hands just to keep it going for another month or so, we've got Extreme Rules coming up we could see some sort of Extreme Rules match between those two which could be the best out of a lot of them considering uh Joe's propensity for violence and Ray's good use of balance and agility and all that stuff. We'll see what happens there. Oh, the other one, I wouldn't say it pains me to say it, but we've got Tony Nice versus Aria Davari for the Cruiserweight Championship representing 205 Live. It's not the greatest match that's ever been. It's not been the greatest build that's ever de- been. It's not the greatest champion or contender. However, 205 has been in a state of rehab for the last couple of months now. Ali left, um, Murphy left, Alexander left, and you had a lot of people like Atami. Uh, oh, what's his face? What's his face? TJP Dar has been back and forth, but it's in a state of rehab at the moment. It's been in a few states of rehab in the past, though. That's the problem with 205 Live, and that's another conversation for another day. I don't see much um, shock in this one. Tony Nice will pick up the win. He's stocked up, stacked up quite a lot of good victories, good performances, good defences, and I don't think it's going to change as of this Sunday. So, I'm just going to take a wee bit of time now to put discuss 
the Becky Lynch matches and the the women's Money in the Bank matches. That's not a case of lumping them together to get out get them out of the way. It's a case of I think they're all interwoven in some form or another. This trio of matches for me, it's I see it as an an out with the old and in with, in with the new scenario in a couple of ways. It's a pivotal night ahead for Becky. It's the beginning of a new chapter in her career for sure. You've got Lacey Evans, <coughs> one of the first challengers to come out of the rest of the women after basically a lot of stuff with Asuka and Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. So that's a new era. You've got all these new people coming in that hopefully will be the challenge. They'll be the challengers of the month, as it were. I think there's a chance for Becky to cement her legacy even further. But this this could and should be a pivotal turning point for rehabbing, rehabilitating the women's division as a whole. I think everyone is everyone else has played. Second fiddle, second, third, fourth fiddle, well, Becky, Rhonda, Charlotte, basically ruled the roost for months on end. And it might be why I felt cold heading into, when I, maybe why I previously felt cold heading into this Women's Money in the Bank match. Just think there's, there wasn't really anything there for me to sink my teeth into. I've come around to it though, and I'm actually quite excited about it. But, and I will get there shortly. The Women's Division also, Outside of the the big guns was held together with some sellotape, as it were, with the the tag championship stories going on, elimination chamber, the fatal four way at WrestleMania. But otherwise, it's kind of like these women meant next to nothing he- heading into the last couple of weeks. This week was good though. I think the build peaked at the right time. Quite a decent fatal four way match on Raw this week. Something's going on with Nikki Cross, who seems to have dropped the crazy, crazy Nikki gimmick outside of the ring, but she still does it inside the ring. I remember seeing a rumour that we're going to have some sort of Nikki twin angle going forward, so maybe she's got a twin or something, or a split personality. Bit strange, but it's making good use of her. More Nikki Cross on my TV, the better. Or even if it's Nikki Cross's twin, Vicky Cross, we'll, we'll see what happens with that one. Um, regarding Becky's matches, it's really hard to call these, to be honest with you, especially when a wrestler's defending two titles in two separate matches. On one hand, I can see Charlotte losing. There is no, There has not been a, a WWE storyline these past eight, eight, nine months that have told me anything different will happen and at the same time with uh, swerves afoot now and again I wouldn't be surprised if Lacey Evans won maybe even through help from Charlotte you know, get the the heel heat and all that stuff also I wouldn't be surprised if Becky retained in the Raw Women's match either so prone is she to overcome whatever is thrown at her with the the Supergirl booking that she's been on the receiving end of in her favour since basically Night of Champions last year. These scenarios could be reversed. I mean, you could have Charlotte win, keep the title on. I know I'm talking about the brand splits, not really meaning much, but they like to think it does. So maybe Becky, uh, Charlotte wins and moves the title over to SmackDown and keeps it there. Becky stays on Raw and it could be that she has some sort of programme going forward with Lacey Evans again, keeps it going, 
or whoever wins the money in the bank going forward could be interesting. It's it's a really, really tough one to call. Honestly, I've not got a clue who to go for. Oh, um, Let's just go for it. She, she beats Lacey Evans and loses to Charlotte. I think that makes the most sense in terms of balance if they want to pretend that this brand split still exists. So there we go. Lacey Evans to lose her title match, but Charlotte to win hers. But maybe that could keep the Beckish Lacey Evans thing going if Charlotte has some interference involved. It's, it's, I think card placement for these three matches is going to be very important, and it's one of the things that they'll need to pay attention to the most. I don't think there'll be another cash-in on the night for the women, but it's going to set the stage leading up for the next few months, and it would, I think it's important to set the right the right scenes in the right place so I will be paying attention to the match layout for these three matches and with this out with the old and with the new if this road they're going down this rehab of sorts I think it makes this women's money in the bank match pretty important in the grand scheme of things obviously a chance to get the women's title at the drop of a hat is important but if you look at how balanced it is, you have you've got some previous winners in there, Carmela, Alexa Bliss. You've got old hands, experienced veterans, Naomi, uh, Natalia, who have been champions in the past and have had decent pushes in the past. You've got those undeserving people that are involved, Mandy Rose. People don't like her. Dana White. People don't like her. Those quote unquote undeserving people, and the fan favourites that are as people would want to believe deserving of it Ember Moons, the Baileys of the worlds so that's actually quite balanced when you look at it like that and it's a big night, I'm hoping personally for some fresh blood to win this and support with my in support of my in with the new thing, so ah hmm, who now it's a tough one, it's going to be I'd like to predict either Bailey or Ember Moon and with that I'm going to say Ember Moon so that's my prediction I could be wrong, it might end up being Mandy Rose did I say Dana White when I was talking about undeserving? I meant Dana Brooke, Dana White would be quite undeserving as well for at least three or four reasons Dana Brooke moving on to the men's money in the bank that's a different kind of balance there so you do have the veterans, a winner here and there, but it's mostly the the flippy dudes, the aerial high flyers up against the big guys or those who want to negate or destroy the chances of others to get that briefcase. These guys that wrestle the crazy style, um, Ricochet, Ali, almost uh, Finn Balor and Andrade to a lesser extent, they're still quite aerially charged. But you've got some wrestlers who literally stifle their opponents, stop them in their tracks. We were talking last week about Baron Corbin being one of those guys. Again, you've got you've got another you've got a previous winner in there. There were two. Uh, I was quite shocked to see Sami Zayn take Braun Strowman's spot in the Money in the Bank match. It kind of makes sense how it happened. You've got Drew McIntyre and Baron Corbin looking to basically take Braun Strowman, last year's winner, out of the equation. They've had beef for a long time. They know firsthand of Braun's destruction, so it only makes sense that they would want to get rid of them, get rid of him. So from that, I can, I like that. I like the team, the mob mentality of it all. 
It's just that see when Drew McIntyre is paired off with people that I'm not huge fans of, or the likes of Lashley, Corbin, it devalues Baron Corbin. Uh, sorry, I can't believe I said that sentence. It devalues Drew McIntyre, and I don't think it does him any favours. He's the one that I want to see advance the most. I think he'd be an excellent foil for Seth Rollins going forward. People don't like to admit it, but I, I think Drew's been doing an excellent job. Uh, he calls people out on Twitter for being crybabies, and if you're going to if you're wanting to get your spot, you need to do work hard to get it. I think he's shown that he's willing to work hard, and I would love nothing more than to see Drew McIntyre win the Money in the Bank briefcase. And I will predict him for that. I'm going to go all in on a Drew McIntyre win. Uh, matches, other sort of stories that are going into this match, Finn versus Andrade, that's been ongoing for a wee while now in relation to the IC title. Randy Orton versus Mustafa Ali as well. That's been simmering for quite some time. I think a blow-off match is in the works. Maybe a SmackDown, that'll be a blow-off match though. Nothing to pay-per-view worthy there um, the thing is with the men's money in the bank I think both title, the Universal and the WWE belts are in a healthy place right now I don't think there's a rush to fix anything, if that makes sense so with that I think they'll have a heel win um, who will parade the belt around for quite some time and lord it up over everyone and as you know I have picked Mr McIntyre for that one so there we go both ladder matches are well balanced for different reasons the men's could end up just being a, a car crash, not as much now with Braun Strowman out of the equation although I do think he will have some part to play on Sunday night <coughs> you know I'm like we organised chaos, sometimes I don't mind that and if there are ladders involved then bring it on I can't see, I can't wait to see what the high flyers can bring to the table Ricochet and Mustafa Ali one of the things I was always upset about with regards to the 205 guys is they never got a ladder match and I think the way a lot of them wrestle is tailor made for them so as far as I'm aware this will be the first time I'll see Mustafa Ali in a ladder match only good things can come from that I am sure and what the, what the big guys can do as far as violence is concerned Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre um, I'm sure Andrade will have some excellent stuff to bring to the table as well so I, there's a lot to look forward to out of this, all this stuff definitely but I'm leaving the two matches I'm looking forward to the most for the last portion of this show These, I'll, I'll go in order of preference or l- most looking forward to I'll keep for last does that make sense? because it doesn't really to me but I'm going to talk first about AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins this is not a super layered rivalry. It's not. It's not like an onion. You can't peel away all the layers and find this really rich story to be told. There isn't a depth of story that I personally believe the last match I'll touch on has. But there is still a considerable level of. It's quite fascinating. The parallels in this one with this Universal Title match. AJ Styles has been the the workhorse for SmackDown Live, and Seth has been the workhorse for Monday Night Raw still is basically both have had time at the top of their respective brands and in both instances 
whether it was because of storytelling, dodgy creative or injuries, it was a case of the bigger they are or the most po- the more popular they are, the harder they fall. Both guys have been on the outside looking in for a, to sum it up a bit better. So throughout all this time, injuries aside, both were putting on some of the best singles matches in each of their brand's pay-per-views. Not all the time, it might not seem as if they're putting on five-star clinics, but they're still, for the most part, head and shoulders above the rest of the card uh, the last few years, and it's clear that these guys have been MVPs for Raw and SmackDown, respectively, the whole time. Uh, Now they're both on the one brand, and this match basically boils down to, really, it's, it's territorial pissings, basically. You've got the house that AJ Styles built, You've got Monday Night Rollins. They've both they've both laid claim to either being Mr. Monday or Tuesday night. And that might be thin on paper. It might just be a whole load of um, blown air. And it might just be a dream match for work right alone. But look at these comparisons. They're similar in many ways. Outside of the actual... In the sort of social media circles and podcasts and stuff, people they claim... If you take the likes of, you know, New Japan out of the conversation, um, people believe that Seth Rollins and AJ Styles could arguably be two of the best wrestlers in the world. There is a lot of pride at stake going into this, so I do imagine it will be a balls-to-the-wall affair. I think in recent years, another positive for this, the programmes immediately following a sort of a milestone, a career-defining moment for Seth have seen some of his more exciting matches. The okay, the cage match against Randy Orton following Seth's first world title win wasn't much to write home about, but he ended up having a good wee program with Dean Ambrose coming out of that. You had what else did we have? The tag team titles that he won with Dean 2017. He ended up having an absolute belter program with the bar that lasted a couple of weeks. Even the matches that they had with Jason Jordan against the bar, really good, memorable. They stick out, they still do to this day. When they won the IC title last year at WrestleMania, he went on to have some really good matches with The Miz, uh, and amongst that with Finn Balor, and then the program with Dolph Ziggler as well, some good matches there. So I don't see that, that, to me that's a pattern, and I think that's a pattern that will continue, and we should see a really good match between the two. Another pattern that I've noticed as well, AJ Styles has had really good programmes with the other two members of the Shield. Uh, Following WrestleMania when Roman Reigns won the world title, Roman Reigns and AJ Styles had a fantastic programme, culminated in an Extreme Rules match, it's a, a cracking match his programme with Dean Ambrose after he became the world champion that was around the sort of fall, autumn, winter time that which that also culminated in a really good match, a TLC match I don't think there's going to be that much different once AJ faces another member of the Shield so these are the these are the sort of reasons that I think it should, it should be a good match should be decent for a neutral especially but again, things happen now and again. Prediction for this one, officially, no contest. Uh, first of all, speaking of patterns, when it comes to title matches, we all know that AJ Styles loves a right good no contest or something stopping his match. And 
we have also, I don't know if this is confirmed or not, I can't remember hearing about it, I may have missed it on Raw or Smackdown, it's Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal title in Saudi Arabia on June the 7th, I think, correct me if I'm wrong. We saw this happen just before Saudi Arabia last time where Brock Lesnar interfered in a match. Brock Lesnar hasn't really been seen since Seth defeated him by way of a low blow and curb stomp. So no contest, Brock Lesnar comes down. There you go, there's your dinner. Now, the main event, it might not be the main event of the night, but it is for me. I think one person who has benefited the most from this wildcard drill has been Kofi Kingston. Over the last couple of weeks, he's been able to defend his title in excellent matches against a, a who's who of some of the best in the wrestling landscape at the moment. It's really strengthened his reign in such a short period of time. Um, they seem to be going in all in on Kofi. Uh, I think they're doing a documentary for the network where Kofi's going back home to his extended family in Ghana and they're going to follow him with cameras and I'm guessing they'll have the title with him so to me that says he, there's actually quite a bit of a lengthy title reign in the works for Mr Kingston if they're going all in with his documentaries and putting on classic not classics but really good matches week in week out against a who's who of wrestlers I think what's worked with Daniel what's worked with this Kofi championship reign and the challenge at the start was with Daniel Bryan Daniel Bryan, in every sense of the word, was a true, a real antagonist to Kofi's protagonist. And I think we've got that again with Kevin Owens. He is a perfect candidate as to be another antagonist. What Kevin Owens has in his favour, though, is he's also a pragmatist. He doesn't care about ideals. He doesn't care about how the job is done, as long as it gets done. Kevin Owens is a prize fighter. All he wants to do is feed his families. His families? Talk about um, spreading bad rumours there. Feed his family, that's all he cares about. He wants money to buy to buy more tattoos of animals to put on his arms. Uh, and what Kevin Owens has done has been excellent. He wormed his way into New Day's trust so that he could be at their level. Um, and then when KO betrayed them, Kofi, if I am... Again, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was Kofi was the one to offer the challenge to Kevin Owens to, for the world title. Ta- tapping into Kofi's ideals of waging war against all that is evil in the world. Kevin Owens has infiltration to make it personal so that Kofi will only want to get revenge against Kevin Owens and Kevin Owens will only want to take part in such a revenge-seeking mission if the title's on the line. Uh, title is on the line and he made the Kevin Owens made it personal that way I think that was a bit of a masterstroke by Kevin Owens and it's why I'm a big fan of most of his work it gets right in to the nitty gritty of people's personal like personal stuff (laughs) (coughs) sounds like a bad man and he is a bad man but the way this has all come together I've really enjoyed I think it's been the best told story in WWE since Mania by a long stretch because of these reasons, I think what helps, of course, is that Kofi's singles work has been exemplary a little in 2019, and Kevin Owens brings to matches that overbearing intensity that sees him do whatever it takes to beat his opponent. However, having said that, with what I said at the start of Kofi 
I'm predicting a long title run. Maybe shenanigans will ensue, but if not, I see a Kofi Kingston win. I mean, he's beat Daniel Bryan clean a couple of times. Kevin Owens, I'm sure he can eat a clean loss. Should be an excellent match, though. Should be really... Um, not so much a blood feud, but it's quite personal. So there we go. That's the Money in the Bank preview and predictions in the bag. Hopefully you no weren't too bold with this solo show format for the second week running. I do, again, I do intend on having someone on next week. Uh, a new guest to the show, perhaps, Mr Murray Bone from socialsuplex.com. It's not been all confirmed yet, but that's what we're looking to do. I did look at a quiz for this, I'm not going to lie, and it was a Tristratus quiz on what culture. But I was a 21 questions deep and they were asking the same questions for each title reign and I was getting very frustrated and I thought, what a waste. So I apologise for not bringing a quiz to you this week. However, let, just to let you remind you that what culture are just nonsense again. Who really needs a 25 plus question quiz of Tristratus? So I'm going to bring things to a close here. Do the plugs for you. We are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter. We are also part of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Please rate and review us on the podcast app of your choice. Give us a nice five-star rating. You have other shows such as One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, Grown Men Watch This Shit, NXT Then Now Forever, and All Things Elite. Um, please check out powerslam.tv. Put in the promo code Social Suplex. You'll get over... 4,000 hours of independent wrestling from around the globe free to your streaming device. After that, it's a small fee of around $5 a month. ProWrestlingTees.net, Social Suplex, has all the T-shirts that we have on offer for you. We've got a Ricky and Clive one, One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style and the Social Suplex logo itself. Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group is there where you can chat to everyone about wrestling. Um, trash it laugh at it, love it, whatever you want to do, it's all there and socialsuplex.com has the podcasts you can subscribe to them pressing the button it goes directly to your email inbox and we've got a good few more columnists on writing columns for socialsuplex.com speaking of which I have done, uh, collaborated for a third time with the doc Chad Matthews to give you an up to date top 10 205 live matches of 2019 that dropped yesterday on Monday I can't remember but basically if you go to the docs page on LOP Lords of Pain it's up there I think that covers the plugs if not I'm sorry I've just found out that on this day off my beautiful baby boy my toddler has woken up from his nap so I'll need to go and scarper now I hope you've enjoyed this shorter episode once again back to something of normality next week I hope you do enjoy Money in the Bank as much as I am and if not we'll talk about it next week and good night and God bless and God save America and the Queen and everyone in between night night thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast we'll see you next time